This podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Go to patreon.com slash today to help us continue creating new content for the Dark Age of Camelot community. That's patreon.com slash Here's this week's State of the Game. Welcome to the State of the Game for February 16th. Uh, 2021. I am Ramek, and this week we're talking about all sorts of stuff. Uh, and I'm really, really pleased uh, to be joined by uh, uh, two two very good friends, uh, members of the community. Uh, uh, first off, we'll maybe we'll just start with uh, we'll start with Pronder. Um, all of you know Pronder uh, from. Uh, Prondernor.com, his Twitch stream. Pronder's been doing some awesome stuff. I'm actually really excited to talk to Pronder about some of the in-game graphics stuff that he's been working on. Uh, and that was also a question that was uh, provided to us. And also, um, I'm joined by Zizix. Uh, and Zizix is uh, an avatar tonight on stream. Hello, hello. Welcome, Zizix. Good to have you here. The topics for today. Um, the first one is uh, is the new server. It's about classic. It's a new server going to be pre TOA, beginning of TOA. We'll talk about that. Why do BG players thinking of looking through beer goggles as, as an example always go for zerging instead of trying out eight manning? Um, <clears throat> talking a little bit about the community and the toxicity. Um, more zerging comments about <laughs> Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, why do you only zerg people down? That one uh, has to be coming from Zerov, I'm pretty sure. Can we expect a graphic update along with the new server? Uh, how to fight a tank train, silent spells, and adding bear, uh, bear, pig, and wolf mounts to the mithril store. Uh, that was those last two were provided by Lazardan. So yeah, we've got some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, first, maybe we'll jump into. I want to show everybody very quickly a project that. Uh, Winter and I have been working on it is the new realm war map for the game uh, the link is ramicoken.com slash map I'll put it in the show notes but this is uh, a little project that we've been working on for a bit it's been a dream of mine to build this thing and I'm so excited that it's now live it's beta so please don't expect a whole lot out of it but uh, it, it is live game data uh, all of the keeps and towers um, including uh, emblems. Some of them are broken because they're new. We're still working on the emblems. Uh, but you can go through and see the real-time status updates of all the keeps and towers in the game. You can see the status of KM. And then you can also scroll through and get a history of everything that was taken, the claims, and also uh, the non-New Frontiers stuff. So that is uh, recent, and it's now been released, and I'd love to get your feedback on it. So we'll talk a little bit about that, too. Uh, let's dive into the first topic suggestion, uh, which is uh, the new server going to be pre-TOA or beginning TOA? And if so, what are they going to do with all the broken encounters to progress people along with the gear and the drops and the broken encounters? So, Zizix, you and I have not spent a ton of time talking uh, about the classic server. And really, everything that we talk about is speculation at this point, Right everything that we're doing is speculating. So I'm curious, do you have uh, any thoughts about what you'd like to see in the classic server, uh, where it starts, uh, some of the stuff you're looking forward to, if at all? Yeah, I mean, I did play the uh, 
the original classic servers, Slammer, Harris, Ektor, which were not quite classic, but um, I, I was very interested in that style of server. And, uh, you know, if they, if they kind of use some of the similar ideas to that cluster and, you know, had some quality of life improvements, you know, that would be nice. But for those of you that didn't play, you know, that was basically after Catacombs had released and, you know, all the standard servers had existed for a while, they had created this basically non-TOA server. I mean, it had uh, Labyrinth and it had Catacombs, but it didn't have TOA, if I recall correctly. So I, I kind of enjoyed that style of the server. So I'd be interested in something like that. Yeah, do we, Um, I think at a very basic level, we expect a lot of the issues that exist, at least currently in the game, Broken Encounters, if it does include TOA, to get fixed. I don't think there's any evidence to, to show that any of that stuff would persist. Um, and there's probably a good reason why it's broken. I mean, it's old, old, old code. I'll tell you from my point of view, I'm very excited about the idea of having um, a fresh start, regardless of, of frankly, of where uh, where the server ends up in terms of patch level. I'm less concerned about patch level and more interested in at a very like just like at, at, at the foundation of just having a fresh start. Uh, could they wipe you in and get the same results? Maybe. But there's more to this classic server, I think, what we talked about over the last month or two doing these state of the games. But there's actually more to the classic server than just the classic server, right? There's a lot of speculation that this classic server is actually a whole rewrite of the back end of the game. And with that comes hopefully a lot of fixes to systemic issues that have been occurring. Like the game isn't unplayable. If you're watching this and you're thinking, wow, I don't know if I should come back to DAOC. You absolutely should. You should come back to the live servers without a doubt. It's a there's a ton of action. There's a lot of content and a lot of great people. But things like uh, ML ML lines uh, have been uh, busted. There's some, you know, occasionally things get broken. I mean, it's the server code and much of the game is 20 years old. B but the promise of this new server, the hope is that there's actually more to it. Uh, similar to what you're saying, Ramek, I'm excited about the start. Um, to me, that's more important than patch level. Uh, for a new server because I think the draw for most people is going to be the idea of being somewhere new with their friends and having the opportunity to start over on a level playing field. I hope that it's progression server so that it is something that you can graduate out of and go to Uane if you want to. Um, but I think that that's probably the biggest draw for most people is the, the ability to start over. And, and I hope that there is, I hope it can scratch the itch that people have for nostalgia, but I also hope that it deals with the, the reality of the people that seem to be asking the most for classic seem to be the ones that enjoy starting over. So like today, people will log in and they'll go get a tune in realm rank 12 and then they'll shove it. I think it might be kind of a similar deal, um, except maybe it's, I'd like to see maybe there's like a set period of time and then you're done and then that tune migrates to Wayne and then, then you start over. But that's, I'm sure there's as many different opinions as there are players, but I, I think a, 
a progression server would be cool. I think um, starting over um, at the original release of the game would be cool. I don't even think you should add SI into it to start with. Um, I think it should be community uh, driven from a where it winds up perspective. Um, and it could even be something like where the the first season of the game, if you will, is classic only, like straight up classic, just like it came out in October of 2001 from a zones perspective, not from a patch level perspective. And then maybe the next season, maybe then you release SI or something like that. But I'm also interested to see what Broadsword chooses to do around old frontiers versus new frontiers. The question mm -hmm. always comes up. Um, I would love to see a season where old frontiers is available. There is enough nostalgia there for people to continually ask about it to this day. I think they would have to pay attention to how they implement it. Maybe it's not exactly the exact same way it was before, but at least where the zones are, um, I think that would be cool to see. Um, but that's, that's it really from a, from a gameplay perspective. My main thing is I'm excited to get to, to play and to make new friends and play with the friends that I have now. But that's what most of this is about to me is, is the community that we play with. Um, there's a lot of fun to this game and I look forward to meeting more. Yeah, I agree with you. So I think my one thing, just note that the character you're seeing on screen is not a character on your wing. Um, but I'm getting pretty close to ROM rank 12 and you know there are probably many other people that are pushing for some type of goal whether it's ROM rank 12 or 13 or something along those lines um and it would be kind of sad if they roll out a new server and you know kill off anybody's potential chance to achieve whatever goal it is that they're striving for so you know that is one thing that kind of lingers in my mind are you con concerned about what might happen to the population on Uane? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, they have to be, Broadsword has to be very careful about how they roll this out. There has to be an incentive for people to stay where they are, uh, but there also has to be a draw, right, for those folks that are on free shards, you know, that maybe appeal to this particular era of the game to bring those folks back in. Uh, and I think that the, we've, we've seen that there is there are more than enough people who want to play Dark Age of Camelot to be able to sustain a an official classic server and a UAN. We talked a little bit about, I think this was last week or the week before, talked a little bit about what might happen to the free shards once, the, once this thing launches, but you can watch the prior state of the game um, to get more information on that because we're not that's that is real conjecture and we're not going to we're not going to dive into it. Um, I want to go to the next topic real quick. Uh, why do BG players thinking of looking through beer goggles this is an example always go for zerging instead of trying out eight manning what's the thought process behind it is it because they fear they wouldn't be able to compete as an eight man uh, and therefore wouldn't enjoy their night at all um, Zizix I'm going to go to you first you're not in looking through beer goggles right you don't often play hib I don't think but I'm curious to know are there are there like this is really overselling it but is there like a catalyst at some point during the night that makes you think, well, maybe it's just it's better to run with the Zerg instead of kind of do our own thing? Is there something that goes through your mind when you're making that decision? Yeah, I mean, the way that I look at it is, you know, 
let's take U.S. prime time, for example, right? You know, 8 o'clock Eastern time, give or take, a lot of people log on. And so let's say that everybody conclusively stated, we all want to do eight-man tonight, right? That message would get broadcasted. Everybody has said, yes, let's do it in a perfect world. The problem is, is that there's a lot of people on, and two groups are going to hit one group at some point in the night, whether it's on purpose or by accident. And so once that happens, then that one group is now going to snowball into two, and then three, and then four, and then the opposing side is going to snowball. And I feel like sometimes it's a somewhat unavoidable situation, you know, where it's even if everyone in a perfect world agreed to, okay, everyone's going to eight man tonight. One group or another is eventually going to find its way into a Zerg and then everyone's just going to be unhappy. And so I think the general consensus of the community has kind of come to the point where they're like, okay, we're just accepting this fact it's going to happen. So we kind of conclude, okay, when the server population reaches a certain point, you know, there's kind of this general consensus of, okay, there's going to be a lot of serves on at this point of the day. And then usually around the time when I play, which is right around now, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time, you know, the the larger populations kind of fade off a little bit and there's more eight-man action. Yeah, it really is a game of numbers, isn't it? Um, it, it it's always, and the people who, the people, there, there are folks in the 8VA community that have a legitimate point about this. They um, they stick to a play style that they love, and they are tired of getting rolled by Zergs. You've got soloers who stick to that particular play style. They love it, and they get rolled by smalls and eights, stealth Zergs, large Zergs. They get chased across zones. There's There are people that are genuine about this, no doubt. The folks that I hear that are most vocal and that are like, usually the ones that troll the most about this are the folks that at the same time will also bend the rules for their own eight mans when uh, the situation doesn't suit them very well. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and complain about people complaining, but I think we all have to take a step back and recognize that it's, this game has always been about a game of numbers. And there are some people that view playing this game differently. They may not view it as being this, uber competitive thing that those hardcore eight mans do. And so if they see something, they want to kill it. We talked about the, if it's red, it's dead thing in the, uh, in the official eight uh, VA channel, I think on discord earlier. It's like people have that mindset. It's their $15. They can do what they want, but there are people, there are some players in this game. There's a group as a, a set of players in this game that don't come for an uber competitive fight. They'd rather run with the friends that they want to run with, that they've run with. You know, it's their social. It's their social time, too. They want to hang out and they're not necessarily concerned about making it a fair fight. They just want to kill stuff and they want to get along with their friends and have a good time. So I think we all have to be a little more understanding. But at least my opinion about why beer goggles, you know, will Zerg instead of eight man for two things. One is that some of those some of the folks in beer goggles they, that's what they want to do. They don't want to eight man. They don't want that kind of they don't want to have that kind of experience. They'd rather Zerg. That's fine. That's their prerogative. They can run a BG. But also they try running an eight man and then it's a numbers game against them. It's the same thing in reverse where mids or albs have 16 or 24 or 32 and they just keep piling on the hibs. And so they don't want to take their chances and they just run a Zerg. Um, 
Ronder, do you have any thoughts on this? I know, I, give us a little perspective. I mean, you run, you've been running mid a lot lately, right? Um, what's your take on why folks just go from eight to 16 to 24 immediately? I think during prime time, you're almost a victim of your own success list of which round you're on. Usually it'll start out with a group or two, you'll have great success and everybody does the Borat, yay, great success. <laughs> or you get white and then you're like, okay, now what am I going to do? And so people start banding together and they band together whether they win or they lost because there's a bunch of other people and you see you do a slash who BG and just, it's kind of part of the way the game is played. I personally, I see people fork bitching for lack of a better way of putting it uh, about BGs and whether or not there's a BG and are we going to run the night or are we not? And for me, it's about logging in and having fun and playing. And it doesn't matter if I'm playing on Yuane or Gaharis or testing out something stupid on Pendragon. It doesn't matter if I'm rolling solo or if I'm rolling with friends or rolling with a BG. I'm just there to have fun and to play. And I, I guess I just really don't understand the people that get so wrapped up and oh my god, this was supposed to be eight man. I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, and I, I take some of the responsibility for, you know, I, I try and appease. I, I think it's playing this game from at least the way I play it the way I, I would like to play it. I don't always do it this way, but I think of it as trying to be beneficial to everybody. I want there to be fair fights. I want everybody to be happy because if there are fair fights and everybody's happy and there's at least an ounce of respect, there's a chance that those folks will come out and fight again. It makes the game better overall. Uh, and so I've made the mistake, I think in the past of trying to appease people um, and forgetting that people are just going to play the way that they want come hell or high water. Um, Zizix, how often do you run eights? And um, what do you find is that do you, do you run them during US Prime a little bit earlier in the evening? Do you think that there's sufficient action to do that while the other Zergs are out? Uh, like I mentioned earlier, generally speaking, I run after US Prime time. But um, on, on some days, if I'm on during US Prime time, I I run with, you know, various BGs, whether it's Legion on mid or, you know, whoever is uh, running that day. But as the night kind of goes on and, and some of the action rolls off, what I end up tend to tend to do is try to get an eight man during the later hours. So oftentimes, you know, you can kind of poke at people, whether it's, you know, someone on your realm or someone on an enemy realm to be like, hey, let's, you know, let's get some action going and, and, and get a fight going. Sure. So that's usually when I try to run is, you know, 10, 10 o'clock this time. Um, let's move on to this next topic if we can. Um, so this is about the toxicity that exists and it, it exists in certain areas of the game and maybe certain realms more than others. But the question is returning players experiencing the toxic community that DAOC has become um, as a majority, returning players asking questions and advice or region only to be trolled or belittled. They log into escape real life drama only to experience a tenfold in game that is supposed to be enjoyable. Um, this person who's submitting it says they feel um, that this is the number one issue with the game population at the moment. They log in and log back right off for good. Um, they say that they always give advice, uh, help with gear, or even go to BGs to help level total strangers. Um, 
uh, because overall that's what will keep the game going, not gear patches or new server. Um, this person says they feel um, it's need. It, it, they, they feel it needs uh, the community back. So here's my take on that. Um, my take is that it depends on where you are. Um, and I think that uh, if this person is playing on ALB and they haven't experienced HIB uh, or MID, there's a lot less toxicity. I can tell you just from like, just it's fact. There's a lot less toxicity on HIB and on MID than there is on ALB. I don't know why that is. I think that there are a couple of people maybe over on ALB that cause more trouble. Uh, but the the idea that this is a an escape from real life, right? It's a video game. Partially true. I guess it's an escape from real life. But there are people just like you'd experience in real life that are also in the game, right? Humans are humans. You're going to experience the uh, the majority of people will be wonderful. And then there will be a couple of bad apples. And that's going to happen on any game that you play. And it's certainly going to happen um, in real life, too. So, I, yeah, as the population has, has shrunk, I think uh, the folks that are toxic have come out of the woodwork a little more. But I'd argue to say that I think it's an isolated experience and I don't think the game is overall is as toxic as um, maybe your experiences in this particular area. Uh, I don't play I don't play uh, Alba ton uh, unless I'm out usually either soloing or a manning and I don't play mid a whole lot at all. I'm curious, Pronder, from your perspective, um, you play Geharis too, and that's like a totally different environment, right? Talk to me a little about your experience uh, with the community. So on the Geharis side, uh, it's it's rare to see people that aren't helping each other. I mean, it's, I call it Care Bear for a reason, I guess. But pretty much any time I log in, it doesn't matter if it's on my lunch break at noon or if it's after I get the kids to bed at 9 o'clock at night or whatever. Um, if I decide to pop over into the Geharis, or somebody's doing something or willing to go do something, and that's awesome. Um, we've actually seen some population growth over there. Um, there's probably rates going on. That's been nice. Um, on the mid side of the house, um, I see people being helpful when I log in. Folks willing to help out from a, a PVE standpoint. Um, Sarwin just ran a other world trade today. Um, I think it was at like one Eastern or something like that. Um, I see a lot of PVE stuff that's posted on both mid and hib. Alb is kind of a weak spot for that right now. Um, I know over the weekend when I was on Alb leveling some stuff, uh, I would always throw out in the region, hey, if anybody's looking to go do something, uh, shoot me a tell. And I, I think I picked up three different people over the course of the weekend just to go uh, do some XP stuff with. I didn't see anything toxic personally at that time, but that's one time almost like a picture. But um, I think the game has a reputation toxic community. And I think that there is a vocal minority and it's just like anything else. You remember the bad stuff. You don't remember the good stuff as much. Sure. And, and that's a lot easier for that piece of it to be more flagrant in somebody's mind. Uh, the person that submitted this comment obviously has um, experienced uh, some, some negative things when they're just trying to go have fun. And ultimately, I think that's what we're here for overall is everybody just here to go have fun. It's a game. Um, that's We're trying to forget reality. We're trying to forget all this stuff from real life. This is my time to log in and 
Um, think about killing pixels, whether they're controlled by people or non-player characters. Um, but I think that there are plenty of people that are willing to help. I think that we need more. Um, I know we've seen people pop into Discord that say that they're looking for a group to go do something and they spam LG for a while and then never get picked up. Uh, Zizix, I want to go to you real quick. Um, I just want to jump into chat uh, and just read this real quick. So um, Expired Angel says, mainly people want an 8-man. They get out there, they run into the super well-played 8-man, and they get rolled every time. Um, hey, glad these guys play well together. Give it a rest. Let people learn um, before you uh, teach them nothing to give up on 8-man. I think that's in response to <clears throat> the clickiness, uh, perhaps. Um uh, also, uh, Expired Angel says, I don't know how many times I tried to make an 8-man um, on a Rumbering 10 Wizard on Alb just to run into super players. Wish I had the 8-man skills to train people, but how can I get the skills if I can't get the group going? Um, and then, really quickly, Sovereign says, so what should Alb do to be less toxic, Ramek? I think the answer is um, you put the, the most toxic folks in the game, in, in the realm, right, that cause the most trouble in region, and you just... Uh, you just give them holy hell or you ignore them one of the two right but it's it's a few people that make it really bad over there when it's bad and lately i think it's probably been better because of the success that elves have had and the and and the um you know the fact that they're running they're they're somehow getting i mean they're getting out way more than they have been in the past and they're fighting and they're doing a great job so i think maybe that counts for some of the lack of toxicity recently um, Zizix, I got a question for you about this, and maybe you've got more. Um, you can expand on it, but sure. When you don't have a full group, and you're trying to fill, do you do you create pug groups? Do you try and bring people in? What's the most effective way of bringing people into the fold, folks that you've not run with before? Is there a a method that you use to try and you know bring those folks into the into these these eights or into these more selective groups? Um, so kind of before I answer that, I, I want to kind of preface it with something that may be obvious to some and less obvious to others. And that's, uh, back in the day, PVE is kind of how you used to get to know your, your group and kind of level up together. And, uh, Dark Age of Camelot is such an old game at this point that not many people really want to do the PVE aspect to it. And so, you know, they, they log in. Like you had said, you know, they just want to RBR and then log out. And so the problem is, is that because, you know, there's that less of that PVE section of it where you're kind of casually meeting people and socializing and goofing around in the PVE section, you kind of miss out on that community building a little bit. So so there's that aspect of the game. And plus, you know, they add BP uh, gear, so you need to do less curse stuff and less OW and all that stuff. So to a point, you know, there is a part of the game that has sort of been removed that's both actually playing the game, you know, doing the PvE stuff, but the other side of it, which is socializing and meeting new people. So to kind of preface your question, that's that's my thoughts on, on that point. But at the same time, you know, a lot of us are a lot older and we're getting to the point where we're like, okay, we want to come in, we want to play this game that we love, uh, and then we want to log out. We don't have time to do all of the grinding and whatnot. So it's kind of a, a two-sided coin flip, right? Um, so to continue on to answer uh, your your question there, let's say I have six people that I know, you know, I'm, whether it's people I know from friends or guild or, or whatever, uh, Discord communities, you know, we have six of us, we're ready to go. And what we will do first before we will invite other people is we will first figure out 
what do you have in the group that you could log out and log into on a different character so that we have more options to fill the group? And what I mean by that is, let's say that we are logged in as, uh, you know, Midgard, we're playing two healers, a shaman, and three casters, right? And so maybe we need maybe we need a bunch of tanks. And so everybody that's looking for group right now is just more tank casters. So we try to understand first in our group who can switch to another character. And then we will often ask in the alliance, ask in the guild, okay, who has what that they can log in? And then we could potentially rotate them out if if they have um, um, you know another character. So then so you get one person. Now you're now you're seven out of eight. And then your eighth character Sometimes, you know, it's it's a pub. Sometimes it's just someone that you pick up. Sometimes you just broadcast in, in general on Discord or something like that or, or in the game, and, and hopefully you can find someone to fill your eighth slot. Uh, but again, when you keep that, that mindset of, okay, what do our other players have that they can change to to potentially make the group a better setup? Yeah, um, that's a really interesting point. Um, the first part of that, I think, uh, hit home for chat and it makes a lot of sense that people just don't have the opportunity to get to know one another where it wasn't the issue you know 10 15 years ago so that's a great great point um there was talk at one point uh, it was like kind of being thrown around that maybe there would be some kind of event where uh either broadsword or it might have been player run I, I can't remember it was a few months ago at least the idea that um, they'd invite uh, the, you know, the sort of the more competitive eight-man folks to start groups of their own individually. So break up those eight-mans and invite, you know, say uh, Zoo, for instance, to run a group with seven pugs, right? Or seven folks that don't often run competitively. Uh, Batar and all these other folks, right? This, this idea that they were going to bring... Uh, new people in and give them an opportunity to run with because I, first off i think that helps build community uh two it i think it completely d sort of dispels this nonsense that most of these competitive eight mans cheat uh and it also you know gets people talking to one another it, you, know, you put a voice with a with a player all of a sudden and there's some human component to it component rather i think that'd be helpful um, Prondor, are you back? Do we have a mic for you? Now we can't hear you. So we'll let you, we'll let you work on that. Just chime in and uh, keep talking or sing a song or something. And as soon as we get your audio, um, you could sing a song. I think we would all appreciate the entertainment break, but, uh, you just let us know when you've got that back. Um, the, the next question, next topic, uh, was on, uh, more zerging. And I really want to get away from this if we can. But this idea that um, Mondays and Tuesday would be a no Zerg day and then everybody mutually, which is a solid point. And then the follow up point to this this uh, this topic suggestion is that um, everybody mutually accuses each other of Zerging and forces them to Zerg. Uh, we tried this was a this was an experiment that failed. I don't know what else to say about that. It was an experiment that failed. We tried. Uh, but people are going to play like we talked about earlier. People are going to play the way that they want to. And there are some I think what I've realized over the course of this failed experiment is that you're not going to get people that want to Zerg to eight man. Some of them, maybe, but not all of them. It's just not going to happen. I wish that wasn't true. 
um, and Broadsword maybe could do something to encourage folks to break up the BG and do a little bit more independent running, you know, eights or sixteens, maybe start them, you know, start start somewhere. But besides that, I don't really know what else there is to do. We tried this and we tried really hard and it just it didn't work, didn't happen. And um, as uh, Fuel just said, uh, made a point, uh, the random eight man's just Voltron ended up zerging anyways, which is what we've essentially experienced by trying this out. Um, Zizix, have you given any like maybe we just pivot real quick. We stop talking about zerging for a sec or you could talk about zerging if you want to. But um, do you have any ideas for events that Broadsword could put forth? Things that might bring people back or that might encourage zergs to maybe run an eights or I don't know. Have you given any thought to it? Yeah, I mean, I think you might have mentioned this once before, um, and I know they've done it at least once before. Um, but but occasionally doing like the battleground events, those are always a lot of fun. You know, just encourage everybody to go to the battlegrounds and, and fight it out in there and uh, do, you know, various location changes. Or I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but in the, uh, you know, the modern shooter games, they have all these ridiculous... Um, uh, what is it where the the area encloses in on you and the battlefield gets smaller and smaller and smaller, you know, like Fortnite and the other type of Call of Duty games that they have. Uh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank on what the term is for that. Um, but do something, you know, like that, where the RVR zone, like we lose one zone per hour or something, and it basically forces everyone into one zone. You know, that would be very comical and, and amusing. You know, something to just switch up the standard play of, okay, here are the three regular realms, and... You know, you have all this land to roam in. Thank you, Battle Royale. Whoever said that in chat. Oh, there you go. Um, if, yeah, if they had some type of like Battle Royale where zone changes or maybe there's something else that, that goes on where, you know, you go to the, the Lyrvik zone and, uh, you know, everyone fights in Lyrvik or something like that. Um, I think that would definitely be a lot of fun. Or you do something where you can only play level ones and it's basically naked RVR. Like everyone jokes about, oh yeah, well, I'll go play naked RVR or something like that, you know, and actually enforce naked RVR. You know, that could be very comical. Um, naked RVR would be, um, that would be something for sure. Uh, I, I <laughs> wasn't, I wasn't expecting that idea, um, but that's a good one. Uh, definitely a good one. Uh, what was your favorite, uh, Zizix, if we could just go back to you, what was your favorite, um, your favorite battleground event and your, maybe your favorite battleground like arena and why do you, do you have a, do you have one that you, you really like miss a lot? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I definitely, so a lot of people probably don't know, um, my back history of what I've played and I won't go into it cause you know, everyone has a long dark age of history, dark age of Camelot back history, but, um, I did a lot of Battlegrounds uh, growing up. I didn't really do a lot of 50 RVR. So definitely Thid and Mulvik were a thing, but I think all versions of Lyric have always been a lot of fun to me. And I know the current state of Lyric is the uh, the spoke, the three spoked with the island in the middle. Um, but the older version of Lyric, not not the original, but the, the middle-aged one, there was one where it was just a center island. And on that center island of Lyrvik, uh, you had to swim a long distance to get there, and then you basically were forced to fight at these certain keeps. Um, they, they've redone Lyrvik many times, actually, which is 
probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, also, the good old lion's den can be a lot of fun as well, where it's there's no door on the on the keep, but you know, at level nine, it's kind of hard to beat down a door. But <laughs> I, I, I would say, you know, all of the all of the battlegrounds in general have always been a lot of fun to me. Yeah, um, I I agree with you. Um, I really enjoyed the battleground events. I didn't enjoy the last one as much. I actually didn't participate in that one. I, I don't know if I just missed the memo or maybe I wasn't playing that month or something like that. I'm not quite sure, but um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it seemed like it had some potential, but I, I guess, you know, maybe some people didn't enjoy it quite as much as others. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I think there was, um, um, and I was corrected the last time I said this, pretty sure Dragon Keep, it wasn't a Ghost Keep, it was the Dragon Keep event that coincided with that Battleground event. Uh, and then there was a slight issue with um, the EU Hibzerg um, doing things that they shouldn't have done and getting actioned, and some of them getting suspended or just. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, there, there were there were some compli- complications with that last uh, that last event. Actually, but, I think I think one of my favorites. Um, I, someone correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if this is in the game still, but there is something referred to as Mini Darkness Falls, and. Please, someone tell me if this is still in existence because I haven't played, you know, levels 1 to 10 in a long time. But you can literally go to a mini version of Darkness Falls where there's PvE and PvP, and you can go in there and you can duke it out just like Darkness Falls. Does that still exist in the game to this day? Um, Demon's Breach? Demon's, is, that, is that still yeah, in game? Casper, Casper says, um, oh, and Gear Bunny Classic says it is in fact working. Okay, so um, like if they had an event where they forced people to fight in Demon's Breach, where you Not couldn't go into New Frontiers. In 10 minutes. Sorry about that. <laughs> you couldn't go into New Frontiers, you couldn't go into Darkness Falls, you couldn't go anywhere else, just everyone fought it out in Demon's Breach for a weekend or something like that. You know, that could be very amusing, and I know it's not quite exactly the lore of Dark Age, but they could probably come up with some type of backstory um, to go along with it. So That's a great idea. Um, I like the idea of forcing people into a particular area. I don't know if I've, I think I've had this conversation before with folks. Um, uh, maybe I've talked to folks at Broadsword about this or not. I'm trying trying to rack my, rack my brain, but I think that there was some um, there was some concern about shutting off access to new frontiers. That was like a hard no. Like they would, did not want to do that. I think it might have been around the discussion of trying to get them to open up old frontiers for a weekend, which. It, it turns out maybe in the middle of trying to build out the classic server um, or maybe just in general, it was too hard. Um, like there was way, like way too much that was broken there to try and shepherd people back into it. Um, so I don't know if Broadsword would ever do that. Isolate, you know, the game to just an area. But God, would that be fun? Bronner, what about you? Do you have a favorite battleground event? Most of the battleground events I missed. You missed them? How come? Uh, real life. Oh, okay. That's the game. That's a pretty good reason, I would say, out of yeah. all of the ones you could have given. Yeah. It's just stuff. Um do you have a favorite battleground that you run in? Uh probably my favorite one was back when Did Ranky was hopping like ten plus years ago when you could still do slash levels or everybody just roll a twenty and go in there and just go absolutely nuts. Um nope, everybody's either uh, running around half naked, or <laughs> as back before, people went crazy with templating and BGs like they do today. Um, but level 24 was like the sweet spot of you're not can't go too crazy with gear. Um, 
and you can just run around and have fun. It was also a great way to just take a night off and um, go do something else and do something silly, like go roll eight fryers, and run around as the turd squad or something like that. Um, that would be great. I'd love to see a, a level, a weekend event where they just opened up slash level 20, like you said, and just let people run Thid. Um, wanted to go to chat real quick. Um, uh, Anchorton says, um, uh, where was this a second ago? So my chat program is a little bit behind, um, but Ank mentions, uh, where would you port to from New Frontier Town if they brought back Old Agra, for instance? How would you Otherworld 10? It's not built out for that. Um, it's true that, uh, and, and that's what I've heard uh, in asking Broadsword about this, is that they just, it's like, it's there's just, there's, there's too many things that have changed over the course of time that try and unravel all of that just for an event would be really difficult. And maybe, just maybe, a Battleground event is a bit easier because they can flip a switch and turn something on um, instead of trying to reactivate all the old portal keeps and stuff. Um, but I would like to make a point, and uh, Zizix, I, I know Zizix played during the Old Frontier uh, era, and I want to get your take on it. But people have this memory of OF like it was this amazing place, right? And maybe it's just the nostalgia point of it. But OF was the terrain is all over the place. There you can't find at least with the population today, you probably wouldn't be able to find anybody in OF. Um, There's a nostalgic component to it, and I love that, but. And it's also got the old style keeps too, which we've learned from battleground events don't actually work all that well. But um, you remember that, right? I mean, do you think this is I'm going off on a tangent. I want we need to get back to topics. But do you think old frontiers is viable in this day and age of DAOC? No, I mean, realistically, I, I, I think that old frontiers, like you said, is kind of more of a nostalgic thing. But if you go out there and actually run around in it, it's it's maybe not the the best place to PvP in reality. And yeah, there's some nice cool spots that you can like bottleneck and have some fun AOE targets and you know goof around in the old keeps and stuff like that. But overall, Old Frontiers is not quite the best PvP location, in my opinion. Again, this is 100 percent opinion, so you know I'm it's only coming from one person here, but there are so many places where it's not great. And and that's just it is what it is. I think that's why, uh, you know, they made the decision back in you know, whatever year it was, actually, I don't know, uh, to change it to New Frontiers because the reality of it is, is it needed a revamp. They, things needed to be changed. And um, again, in my opinion, New Frontiers is better than Old Frontiers just because of a lot of terrain and, and the way that kind of bottlenecks happened and just the way that things were laid out it just it wasn't perfect you know and and some people are going to argue with me and fine that's uh, you know i i don't care that's what you think that's what you think um but personally i prefer new frontiers i really enjoy it and uh i i think that it's laid out pretty well i think for the current population it's sometimes a little too big um but you know i, I don't really see them turning off zones anytime soon so i think it is what it is yeah, and the the revamp too um, from Agramon to Ellen Vannon, right? We saw a very similar shift in terrain from like old frontiers to new frontiers, as we did from Agramon to Ellen Vannon, where there's wide open spaces, there are bypasses, there are places that are flat, 
right? There's a lot of flat terrain, so there's visibility. There, you know, there are little like designated areas for. I think the goal was to have soloers and small man sort of hang out in those spots that didn't quite materialize, but it was there. There, you could see sort of the developmental thinking, like the, the reason why the devs went in that particular direction with EV. Um, uh, Tyrannic says uh, in chat. Um, need to rebrack need to bring back the original New Frontiers keeps. That I'm on board with 1000 percent And I don't know if I um I don't think I can just easily pull up the image. I have a, a picture of what the old frontier keeps used to look like. I'll try and pull it up. Maybe we'll go to Prawner and I'll see if I can get that um rigged here. But uh do you uh, Zizix, do you remember old frontier or the new frontier, the original new frontier keeps? Oh yeah, of course. I, I used and abused those keeps very, uh, I don't know, maybe less kindly. Uh, the, <laughs> the problem with those keeps, the big thing, and the reason why they changed it, which in my opinion makes sense, is that it's really easy to abuse the old ladders. The old ladder system was, for those of you that don't remember, kind of like how some of the, uh, I don't know, what, what do you describe it? There's, there's like the mini towers on EV, right? They have the ladders that you have to climb up to get to the top. Um, and so the problem is, is that you could just stand at the top and bomb them. We're lagging it. It's hard to mobilize. And I think generally speaking, it made it really odd to play on the ladders and, you know, be efficient in your movement. Um, and so even people that are more advanced, you know, they'll say, oh, it doesn't matter. Just learn to play whatever, whatever. But I think overall it, it makes the game a little more, uh, fluid with the newer style of the keeps. Yeah. They don't have like the six different levels that they used to have. Yeah. Here you go. You got the picture now. I know my stream is slightly uh, delayed from what, you know, other people might be saying. Um, but yeah, essentially there, there were various levels. And if you look in like the back right corner here of the picture, you can see there's a ladder there. You'd have to climb up the ladder. And so it was very difficult to kind of navigate that, which was the problem. Yeah. I'm just trying to pull up um, there. I think that's a better shot of, of what that looks like. Um, oh, I haven't transitioned it over yet. There we go. Maybe you can see that better. Um but yeah, I um, I, I I can see what you're saying about the the ladder issues. There's just you know, I, 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 from my point of view, I was thinking when they made the most recent changes to climbing spikes, right? The idea of instead of changing climbing spikes to just bring back these keeps because it gives defenders like this this different like sort of tiered um, multiple levels these like places the footholds that you can you can camp out in and you can hang out in and. and I don't know. I just thought that that might be a, a different solution um, than what Broadsword introduced in the last round. Um, we're not going to go into that. But anyway, yeah, uh, Tyrannix uh, mentioned that uh, old Frontier Keeps or new fr the original new Frontier Keeps were super fun. Um, and I agree, uh, but didn't think about the exploit portion of that. Um, Prander, did you did you you experienced the original new Frontiers and old Frontiers, too, right? Okay, so give yeah, me like I your playing right before SI, SI came out. I used to okay. go on the email. Gotcha. Hanging out with everybody, and I back then uh, we we'd run around all night looking for fights because people had time. My meal should reset. And now. most of the player base of the game probably were at a point in life where they had the time where they could spend nine hours straight doing something like that, sleep two hours, get up, go to work again. Most of us probably can't do that anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, fond memories. Everybody always jokes about checking your neck and stuff like that. Um, I think it would be cool for an event, but I don't 
I don't really think it's viable unless there's a huge increase in population. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't think so either, as much as I'd love to see it. Um, and Ank keeps talking about how would you handle the porting and he's in chat right now. It's it, it's a uh, it's tough. I've got a theory on that from a porting perspective. Go ahead. If you do it, if you do it as an event, you don't open all of them up at once. You have this event, this particular time period is one area. So like teammate, for example, and only port all the realms into that one old frontier map. And that's your location. And, and that takes care of the whether not shutting off access to new frontiers because you would still need to go stand on a portal pad wearing a necklace, but everybody's going to the same place. So you're not potentially splitting everybody up here, yonder and everywhere. It, and when the event's over, you disable the, the teleporter pad and take it away. And when the next event comes on, make it a different area. That's an interesting idea. Um, I, I think opening it up, if they were going to do that, doing it one by one would in terms of resources would definitely be easier but I don't I mean those keeps don't have um, some of them have guards some of them don't as it exists now just trying to get them capturable I think is like I, it's, it would just be like an exploration event nothing really works there um, and it would have to be on the new server with a code base if they ever do that like I don't see them trying to take Ewane and implementing that uh, it'd have to be on a, a, a new code stack uh, they'd have to go back and basically just take the textures and the environments and things like that and, and essentially re-deliver it so that it's still the same still looks the same but it would basically need to be probably coded from scratch to do it right but i think you if you did something like that and did it as an event that it hits the nostalgia feels for people um, just like the holiday events do, I think it would probably have a huge draw. Yeah, nostalgia is what I think brings a lot of people back, uh, even to the classic, the free shard, classic free shards. I think it's a nostalgic thing. Um, I want to uh, pivot um, to um, uh, the topic of graphics upgrades. And this is for Pronder, although I don't know if Sizzix has spent any time like talking to Pronder about this or knows about this, but... Pronder's been working on um, some upgrades or essentially a um, well, maybe you can explain it better. It's essentially a, a running, converting the game or up converting it from DirectX 9 to DirectX 12. And um, the person uh, who submitted this uh, topic also wanted to know if you had received. We were talking about authorization from Broadsword before um, and that you were waiting to hear back. Can you give us kind of a status update on that? So I did get word back from Broadsword that it is okay for me to publish and share information about how to use uh, a combination of Reshade, which everybody already knows about for the most part, that's been looking for graphic settings, but also a tool called DG Voodoo. And I'll drop it in chat so that we can put it in the uh, stream notes. And I'm throwing my raw notes out on my website tonight so the people that are extremely interested can can go get it working themselves. Um, but basically what it does is you drop a d3d9.dll file and a configuration file in your game folder, and it takes the DirectX 9 calls and translates them into DirectX 12 calls 
and essentially gives the game a graphics upgrade without modifying any code. So I'll have instructions on my website for where to go get the tool uh, and go from there. Uh, I can tell you from personal experience, because I'm, I've been running it on stream, uh, although maybe not I, because when I launched with Mojo, I don't think it like we get the full feature set of that. Right. But um, some of you have seen it on stream. I just haven't mentioned it. Um, and it it looks it's 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 stunning. It, it doesn't I mean, it doesn't change it like the game doesn't automatically look like um, those crisis uh, engine videos that you've seen on YouTube of like the conversions of DAOC zones running on the, the crisis engine. But um, it is it, it dramatically better. There's lots of little like small things that change when you up convert to DirectX 12, even just like the torches on the walls and the way shadows are thrown um, or painted on, on a wall. It's it's quite stunning that in addition to the graphics card upgrade or the, the changes in settings and the tweaks um, make the game look incredible. And uh, Pronder has got an exclusive on this prondernord.com. I will include um, uh, as I always do his uh, website in the show notes, but it'd be great. Um, uh, Zizix, have you seen that yet? Um, have you had any experience with, with that or changing any of the graphic settings in the game to make it look a little different? Uh, yeah, I, I saw what uh, what you guys have posted, and, and I've kind of looked through it and whatnot. And um, to be honest, I don't really have an issue with trying to enhance the graphics in Dark Age. I mean, I'm okay that they're bad, and I've kind of accepted that. Because, um, you know, I kind of play for the gameplay now at this point and not for the visuals. Uh, I think the only thing that I personally change is just, you know, brightness and contrast. So that way it's a little easier to kind of see in the game. Uh, sometimes I'll turn my monitor brightness up, my contrast up a little bit, or, you know, uh, in this case, I'm on Garrus right now, so I turn my torch on. So that way it's a little easier to see, you know, if you're recording or something like that. Sure. Like my torch here. Um, I mean, I've, I've made some YouTube videos in the past. You're welcome to go Google me and, and find my old YouTube videos. And yeah, definitely at night, it's very dark in some of those YouTube videos. I think I actually, uh, I have some like cross videos with you, Remick. Yeah. Um, but, but anyways. <laughs> Funny to drop that in there. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. the fights where you roll, you think you rolled me on several occasions, right? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, so anyways, I, I think, you know, turning up the, the brightness level with reshade for video recording is, is definitely uh, a nicety for sure. Um, I know you can do it in post, but it's not quite as good. It's definitely nice if you do it while you're recording. Um, but but otherwise, yeah, it's never been something that I've been too, too hung up on, but I'd definitely be interested in seeing, you know, once you guys have kind of got everything worked out, I'd be interested to check it out for sure. Yeah, I, uh, go ahead, Pronger. There, there is two other things to, to say about it. One is the main thing that I saw on it is I was running on a, an old, AMD FX8300, so by now that was like a seven-year-old chip, and it's eight threads, and game nor DirectX 9 really use multi-threading smartly. By using the DG Voodoo DirectX 12 module, it ports those calls into DirectX 12, which knows about something called multi-threading, and you actually get performance increases, and I, on average, got a 65% FPS boost by using that on it basically removed my cpu bottleneck by allowing 
DirectX to more smartly use more cores on the processor. And even on the newer 10th gen Intel chip that I just got this last week, I still see a 25% frame rate boost using DG Voodoo versus just the game by itself with or without reshape, reshape made no difference. So as uh, Carol affectionately said, when she sent me the message saying that it was good to go, she said, go forth and let those on toasters play Dayok. Um, <laughs> the, the, the performance increase for CPU utilization was amazing. Even if you don't go through and change all the graphic settings and all that stuff, if you do nothing more than just drop it in so that you get better performance so that when you're in a Zerg, you're not getting eight frames a second. Um, it helps in increase your playability a little bit, even if you don't care about visuals at all. Um, I, th yeah, I think, I uh, just really quickly, I think people are, there, there may be people in chat that point out that um, the game is is uh, single-threaded, right? But the, the DirectX libraries have always spilled over to a second, at least one additional thread. Um, and so while a game is technically only taking advantage of one thread, um, DirectX, we've, we've, we've figured out over the course of time, um, that it isn't just a matter of, um, having the, the fastest, you know, having a, a, a fewer amount of cores, but having, um, a higher frequency or higher clock speed, although that helps. Um, but with this upgrade, it, it, as Pronder's saying, it, 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 DirectX is able to really spread its wings out across multiple threads. Um, and I too saw, I can't how, how many frames, I think I saw like a 30 or 40 frame increase, FPS increase, not percent, but a 30 or 40 um, uh, uh, FPS increase on average. Um, I'm running a um, an, I, or an i7 9700K and an RTX 3080, and I was getting... 60 frames per second relic towns before and now i'm getting over i'm over 100 over 100 yeah. the, the one caveat to it that people need to be aware of and i'm putting this on the website in the notes and i'm working with uh rob the guy that writes mojo a couple of us are troubleshooting with him but if he multi-box sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't if you're a person that uses mojo and you don't multi-box you're fine if you don't use the buttons and the fancy scripts and all that stuff. Um, you can use it and it's no big deal at all, but we are doing a little bit of troubleshooting with getting Mojo to, to play nice with DG Voodoo. Um, and there's a couple of people that are that are interested in, in helping that. And they're all in um, the Mojo Discord and we're talking about how to do that. Um, Rob has graciously agreed to, to talk to us about it and see what um, what we can do there uh, to make it work. So just full disclosure, it's it's not the end-all be-all for, for everything. And as someone that does play on Harris, uh, that is a little bit of a, of a frustration point because it would be great if I could have all the things working at top-notch all the time, but uh, not quite there yet, but I'm hoping we can work through it. Um, Zizix, did you have something to add? You were trying to, you were jumping in a minute ago and I rudely interrupted you oh i was just gonna say that uh i started playing on uh p2 
Pentium 2 back right before Shrouded Isles came out, and I remember that I uh, zoned into Shrouded Isles, and my Pentium 2 couldn't handle Shrouded Isles, so I literally had to walk down the street to my friend's house, log in on his computer, walk out of Shrouded Isles, and then go back to my house so that I can keep playing. Um, uh, but besides that, um, I I played Dark Age on a very old computer for a very long time. Only just this year I upgraded my PC, and, and I guess I've just been lucky enough to never really have any major issues in terms of you know FPS drop or CP, serious CPU usage or anything like that. Um, I think I played on the first generation of i7 processors that came out in what. 2010, 2009, somewhere around there. Right, so, yeah. Yeah, 2009, 2010. I played on that processor until this year, or until technically 2020. So, um, you know, there is definitely some improvements that can be made, but at the same time, you know, Dark Age can definitely run on some toasters still, <laughs> which is nice. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, and I, I, it's weird because some people experience different issues. I don't really understand. There's some people that have really great systems that experience tons of lag on places like EV where folks with older systems don't. And I think there's just a variety of reasons as to why that's happening. Um, also worth pointing out, cause this was a thing we're going to move on really quickly. There's a couple more topics to cover, but, uh, there's some discussion, at least there was in the bug channel, the official discord bug channel about people disappearing and NPCs disappearing and why this was like a systemic issue that Broadsword hadn't fixed. I'm here to tell you that that's not a systemic issue that Broadsword uh, hasn't fixed. That is related to your internet connection and packet, probably packet loss or certainly latency, but more like more likely packet loss uh, between you and the uh, AWS servers that host DAOC at, um, at AWS in Virginia their Virginia location. So sometimes I can confirm. Okay. So there you go. Um, sometimes running a VPN uh, helps because it reroutes the traffic around whatever issue that you're having. Um, and there have been some, I think fair, there's been some fair criticism about the way in which the game handles packets and error corrects and doesn't do error correcting all that well, but that's a valid criticism but it's not the reason why you're having all of these problems. The reason why people have these problems of characters and NPCs disappearing is usually because of packet loss and a um, a ping plotter and a call to your ISP hopefully will get it fixed. Maybe not always, but hopefully it will. Um, uh, Gear Bunny Classic says in chat, big things that need to happen on the client side of coding, though, things like fixing the way full screen window works to allow UI scaling directly. Uh, agreed there. Um, Lozer asks, uh, where do you get the files and instructions to get DirectX 12? Uh, Prondernor.com. Pronder, uh, Pronder's website is is being periodically dropped into chat. I will have it in the show notes as well, um, and we'll put it on my Discord too, um, which is also Pronder's Discord. Pronder's got a channel. He's a community partner of twitch.tv slash Ram and he's got his own channel um, and his own little, um, I guess it's like a microcosm. Uh, microcosm is that the right word it's a it's a community inside of a community it's very cool you should check it out um okay a couple more topics that i want to cover uh let me get back to uh the topic window here um we're gonna skip the thing about zerg zerov i think is still here and uh we talked about zerging enough maybe two it seems that he's not here so maybe we appeased him um how to fight a tank train Uh, arlington's group for example uh, apply the same questions to caster group and hybrid I'll take a stab at this first um, because Arlington's group is, well, if you get 
an eight man, an Arlington eight man, which doesn't always happen. But if you get an Arlington eight, um, if you're a caster group, you've got to extend them. Um, and you've you without it, it depends on who, who's running with, because Arlington's group is not I don't think a set eight all the time. But if you're a caster group, you better extend the crap out of them. Um, and disease is going to be your best friend. Um, depends on what realm you're on. I mean, there's a lot of maybe we'll take this realm by realm. You got a tank heavy group, Zizix, that's pushing on you and you're on mid. If it's an Alb tank heavy group, what what's what's your first thing that you're going to do? Uh, I mean, definitely is uh, group dependent for sure. But I think uh, three three things is uh, one speed warp. Two, you want your sub RM to near sight their healers and root out their healers so you can start drawing the tanks away from them. Uh, and three is some type of snaring effect. So sometimes Pinvelk or uh, SubPD has snares, you know, things of that nature. So just various CC so that you can pull the healers away from the melee train. And then in that case, you can then kill the DPS. Right. You got to let them run out charge. Get them, yep. as, get them as far away from their support as possible. Disease and then start working on them. Um, and... Uh, uh, mana uh, mana elds on Hib have DD snare. Uh, Earth wizards on Alb have DD snare. Ticks have, well, what we're talking about Arlington's group. Um, there are a bunch of ways, bunch of ways to get them to slow down. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know, Prana, if you have anything to add to that, but uh, it's in my mind, it's just about extending them out, just trying to drag the group out as far as humanly possible. You have to extend the tank if, if if you don't extend them one way or another, whether it's by uh, speed warps or roots or some other type of CC, you're if they get to you, you're gonna get rolled with tanks. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, okay, so that's that. I don't really know what else to say about it. Uh, uh, the next topic, um, if you got, if whoever submitted that uh, wants to add more to it, that's fine. Fueled says don't root tanks. Also, don't stun tanks if you're a mini. Got it. Thanks very much. Have a nice day. Um, <laughs> um, uh, next topic uh, suggestion or uh, submission is that I think there needs to be, this is somebody writing in if you're listening to the podcast, not me. I think there needs to, oh, this is Lazardin. Uh, Lazardin says, I think there needs to be more silence spells in the game. For example, bone answer totem of 150 radius in the bone army line, then one class in Alban Hib with something similar. Your view on this? Um, silence is not something that I see a whole lot in RVR, period. Um, if it's used, it's used really well by competitive eight mans. Uh, most groups don't know how to don't know how to use or don't run a class that can silence or don't know how to use it effectively. Um, but uh, I'm curious to know, um, uh, Zizix, do you do you think we should see more silence in the game? Do you think we should see more classes that have access to silence? I think silence is definitely interesting. I I definitely like the fact that you know each realm has its own unique thing. Uh, you know, as much as I hate that uh, him gets. Uh, insta amnesia, you know, it's what kind of makes them unique. Uh, uh, it's the same thing where healers get AOE stun, you know, no one else has AOE stun, and you know, everybody has their own little thing. So, I think silence is a little more of a unique thing, and that kind of adds uniqueness to the game. That eh, I don't know that I want it more necessarily. Um, Grander, what about you? Do you have any feelings about this? Yeah, 
Oh, you're updating your web page? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because people are asking about um, how you get that, that DirectX 12 thing, so we'll let Piranha get that done. Um, uh, I wanted to go back. Uh, I had a brain fart. We're talking about Arlington's tank train. Dropping warps is one of the most important skills, like how to run and drop at the same time. One of the most important skills that you can have, that you can learn, um, if you're running a caster group or hybrid group. Being able to extend, be able to, to run and drop and extend without stopping means that you're less likely going to die and your group is less likely going to die because more than likely somebody like me, right, is probably going to turn back and try and get you and also die too and maybe bring the whole group with them. Um, should I we know, go over how that's done? Yeah, we should. So um, uh, maybe there's a different solution, but I'll give you mine. Uh, I always pick somebody in the group that is either running next to me or running slightly behind me. I target them and I do three things very quickly. I face drop a warp and stick in that order. And it's got to be done. The timing of the warp drop, like it just takes you a couple of times of doing it to get the timing right and to get it down. But it's face drop and stick. And because stick is brings you back up to speed immediately, there isn't any of this, you know, speed six to speed nothing and speed nothing back to speed six, right? There isn't this like, you know, when you stick somebody immediately, you're you're full on going the same speed that they are if you've got access to, to speed six. So it just takes a little bit of practice. Is there another method or is that it? Physics? I, I think you, you kind of didn't stress the most important part, though. The most important part is that usually the eight man or whoever it is is running. You're running in a straight line, you're running zigzag, whatever it is, you're, you're running together and you as the warper are not the person driving, okay? Oh, You're not point. driving the group. So let, let's take an example. Uh, in Midgard, you have a pack healer who might be driving and your spear master is going to warp. The spear master is stuck to the pack healer. They are going to target the person behind them in the group. So the key part is that you are not clicking the same person that's driving facing warping and sticking because you are going to fail to do that right what you need to do is you need to click someone who is in your game reference behind you now on the server side you guys are all running in the same place but whoever looks the furthest behind you is who you target and that's the important part um i, I didn't think to mention um who should warp but you're absolutely right establishing a warp order very important understanding who's going to warp um if you don't have a warp order you're running with multiple groups making sure that you communicate in voice chat to call the warp before you drop it. God, it frustrates me so much to watch two or three groups trying to pull away from something and have 50 warps all in the same place. Um, while a couple of warps may be, it may be helpful in certain circumstances, most of the time it's not. You want to save those warps for later. Uh, but yeah, picking the right target, first off, having the right person to drop the warp and picking the right target in the group is important too. That's maybe the most crucial thing. Um, the caster groups, that's really it. Like the name of the game is to try and extend folks depending on the, well, depending on the group that you're fighting most of the time on Hib. Um, if it's Alps, it's one thing. Um, if, if I'm on Hib and I'm fighting mid mid, generally speaking, at least in my experience has been a lot more tank heavy as of late, at least in the encounter, at least in the, the fights that I'm in. Um, and so we have to being that Hibs are more caster heavy, at least the US Prime BG is, learning to ex extend out and pull those folks um, 
will win you a fight or, or will get you killed if you don't do it right. Um, okay, next thing. Getting close here to the end. Um, actually, let's go to Fuel's question uh, real quick from chat. Uh, what do you think will become of the game of Classic uh, doesn't release by the summer and the people uh, uh, and the people that are waiting for it and currently subbed. What do you think will happen to the to the game? Uh, this is this is no Camelot Unchained. I, I, I don't know what else to say. It's coming. Classic servers coming. I hate to break like there are people who are, you know, naysayers about it. Like we're, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, right? This is not just a take an archive of 1.65 and drop it on an EC2 instance and call it a day. There's a lot more here. And so it's taking them longer in the middle of a global pandemic to try and 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 get this thing up and running. So it's happening. I don't I, I it would be hard for me to imagine Broadsword nearly impossible for me to imagine that Broadsword doesn't launch this thing by the summer. I would say by I would I would I would think that this this is going to be a thing by June. Could be wrong. You could come back in six months and say, Ramick, you're a moron. You definitely misjudge that. But I, I think it's I think it's by June we see this thing. Um, if it doesn't happen, I don't know. I don't know what happens. Uh, think the game is going to still live on, but I, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen. Zizix, what about you? What do you think? Is is the game going to live or die based on classic launching? What do you what do you think? I don't think it'll live or die based on classic launching, but um, I think there will be a big swing when classic does launch and how that swing goes. I'm not 100 percent sure, but but I think that it'll definitely have an effect on on how the game goes. Yeah, I, I think there's 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 going to be some effect, right? Just TBD and, and what they do about free shards at the same time, if there's anything done at all. Um, yeah. Broder, do you have anything to add about that? I hope we see it by summer, but the game's been here for almost 20 years as it is. It would be nice to see an increase in population, but I don't think the game's going to go anywhere one way or another. They've been talking about releasing a server since it was still Mythic. After the EA acquisition, there's been talk of a server coming, and here we are however many years later. I'm not sure how long it's been, but... We're still here. We're still playing. We're still having fun. We're still rolling with friends. We're still making new friends. Uh, almost every week, it seems like I've found somebody I've never played with before that I get to go do something with. And to me, that's what's fun. Yeah, for sure. I don't. Th- I, th- I think Bronner's right. I don't think it's going to go anywhere either. But I, I, I agree with Zizek. So I think there's going to be a shift in population. Um, it, it, I, I think Broadsword's betting on it being beneficial because they see Uane as the number one priority. They've said that publicly. They said that to me. Like, Uane is a is the number one priority. Period. It is number one. This classic server very important. But again, like it's speculation. There's so many things pointing towards this revamp of the back end of the game that I think will be applied to. I would have to imagine it would also be applied to Uane. That will fix a lot of the underlying things that are going on. I, it's. There's been a lack of bug fixes, a lack of I mean, there's been bug fixes, but a lack of like regular bug fixes on live for a while. Right. And that's started. I think more recently, we've started to see less and less patches. That tells me something's happening. Right. The Herald has been redesigned and worked on, I think, for quite a long time now. That hasn't launched. Why hasn't that launched? Why? Why would the Herald not have launched by now? Could it be that the Herald is 
the new Herald is designed to work with the new back end of the new server? And why try and double your efforts? I mean, we know that the current Herald, right, that the API only handles character information and Broadsword has not put focus into building a Realm War map, at least as of now, on the existing Herald, which is the reason why spend so much time putting this together. But to me, all roads point to something bigger happening. And I agree. We talked about this in the past. Zero communication. Maybe not zero. There's been communication. We can all agree, and I can be critical that I I wish that there would be more communication. But they're up against free shards that are able to flip flip these changes, right? And turn stuff around almost immediately. A bunch of volunteer devs that don't have to get paid, that are not subject to labor laws, right? Um, they, There's no structure. They can just do whatever they want. Why would you, you, there's, you have to be, I think you have to be careful if you're launching the server about oversharing information too. So I think there's, there's an argument to be made about not talking a whole lot about what you're doing, um, but also giving the community what they need. I think Beeb has done a great job balancing that. But I would like uh, to hear more, and I hope that we will very soon. Uh, but that's, I don't know, that's just my 10 cents about that. Um, uh, last topic here, and maybe we can dive into some chat topics before we wrap. Um, adding bear, pig, wolf mounts to the mithril store, plus armor for these new mounts in the store as well. I think it's possible and would add some new breath to the game. Uh, I would love to see new mounts. I'd love to see more mithril items. Greg has done a great job. The new art is amazing. Housing looks incredible now. Like housing is that the texture, re, the, 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 the re, um, what is it? The rec- uh, recreation of these textures, the upgrade of these textures and housing has made housing look great. Imagine what that would look like if the rest of the game got um, uh, a texture upgrade in some of the, the more overused uh, textures that exist. The Santa hat, right? All of the new items that have come along. You're doing really, really, really well. Mithril store, I think, has been a huge success. What's your favorite, uh, Zizix? What's your favorite Mithril store item? Do you have one? Um, I can tell you what I don't like. <laughs> okay, go for it. I, I think some of the masks are ugly. I, I have to say, I think some of the masks are really ugly. And uh, fight me on it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm like I said earlier. You know, I'm not the biggest part of the graphics thing. Uh, oftentimes, you know, I'll just be that clean guy that dyes his armor all black and kind of just hangs out with whatever. Um, I would like to see new mounts. I think mounts would be really cool. Um, but in regards to like the, the hats and the, the wings and, and whatnot, in my opinion, again, this is maybe stupid, but if you have big glowy wings, people are going to see you. And uh, I don't want to be seen when I'm in RVR. I want to be hidden. So I'm not going to buy big glowy wings. Uh, I know that's kind of ridiculous, but that's at least my uh, my take on it. I agree. I'm one of those two because I stick out like a sore thumb if I do anything. Also, having the little mauler, right? And I was in purple most of the time. I was just like an easy target. Those birds, too. Although those are those mithril. They are mithril mounts, right? The birds that fly around. Yeah. Um, the larger those larger character models on those birds. Not for me. I've had to ask people to get off the birds in the past because They've, it's just it's it's like uh, it's like charming a tree in RVR and running around with a tree like a giant mezanker. Um, just 
I don't know, not not really my not it's really. It's almost my as thing. if someone told you I did that. <laughs> At the uh, end of the night, so for those of you that don't know, I like to uh, go find the biggest target on my spirit master, uh, summon him, and then ML nine him, and then just run around in upland just to be a goofball and uh, have people yell at me. So uh, if you see that giant pet in upland every once in a while, yes, that's me and my dark spirit master. We can actually take pets. Oh, so, so uh, we're gonna blame we're gonna blame you, or the mids are gonna blame you for that yes. now? Okay. Yes, mids can blame me when you see that giant pet you know, roaming around in the BG or something like that. Now, generally, I try not to do it when we're in a practical situation. It's more of a, you know, we're goofing around. Uh, but back on the Mithril topic, uh, I, I think having all the options are cool, having the different hats and all the different planes, they're definitely nice. Um, but just, you know, for me personally, I find myself to be very practical. And if you can give me a, a horse that is smaller, I will buy the small horse because it's more practical and it will make me less obvious and a less clickable target. Um, but, uh, but, you know, that's just my stance on it. So please yeah. feel free to buy those fancy chess pieces and hats and whatnot because, you know, that's just that's how some people like to play. And, and cool, keep it up, do that. Yeah, I, I think uh, cosmetics has been a huge... Um, I mean, look at, look at what it did for WoW and all of these other games that have instituted microtransactions that have put in place microtransactions have done extraordinarily well. Um, Bronner, do you have a favorite... I know you're like furiously updating notes over there for for everybody. Do you have a favorite uh, Mithril store item that comes to mind? I have, I have two actually. I'm a huge Christmas nerd, so I'm still wearing my Santa hat and dragging my little snowman around. I went on the <laughs> other world raid today on Midgard, still dragging it around. As far as I went, it's giving me a hard time about it. Um, I love that. Did you dye the Santa hat, or did you did you keep it red? I kept it red, and I'm wearing red robes on my ringmaster, so I, I look like an old school uh, Saint Nick, basically. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, the Santa hat was, uh, I think, my favorite. The level of detail on that thing was wild. And again, props to uh, props to Greg, the artist, um, and I think he's got uh, one or two people helping him out over there. He's done a great job. Um, so. I don't know what else there is to... I'm just going through chat topics. Uh, there's a, a lot of great discussion um, in chat topics and... Or in, sorry, in the stream chat. And I would highly encourage you, um, once the state of the game's over, to go take it to Discord. Discord, uh, I think it's discord.ramicmedia.com. Um, there's a couple of URLs floating around. We've got to consolidate these things. Um, but I, all of this chat and these amazing conversations that happen in Twitch chat... And in Discord, ultimately influence what we talk about on the state of the game. And I'd love to get uh, uh, more topics next week. We're going to do we're going to be talking about um, eight man and eight V eight. Going to have some really great folks on. And I, I would love to get some some questions. In fact, I'd even love to bring some other folks on that are not super experienced in eight V eight and let there be a conversation that happens. That's one of the things I'd, I'd like to do. So if you'd like to participate in that. If you're a BGer or somebody that doesn't 8v8 a whole lot um, and you want to come in and have a casual conversation, I would love to do that on stream. I think it'd be super cool. Um, Sticky Note uh, is volunteering. Uh, we should, we'll absolutely talk. Um, but I think we'll wrap it up. Do you guys have anything else that you want to discuss real quick? Uh, maybe we'll go to Zizix first. Is Prounder still working over there? Yeah, sure. Um, here's, here's my plug. I'm trying to get room rank 12. Come out to RVR, fight me, come kill me. I want RPs. Uh, basically, that's that's my shtick. Uh, 10 o'clock e EST, I'm on most nights. Uh, and 
whether you're uh, an eight man who wants to roll me over as I, you know, duo, or whether it's eight v eight or whatever it may be, come find me. I'm trying to get Romer twelve. <laughs> That's an amazing plug. Yeah. So, um, what is the, does the naming convention usually follow? Like Zizix or ZZ or something? Is there? Yeah. So the character that you're seeing on screen right now is my is a Geharis tune. Um, I have the exact same name on you. I've just chosen not to play him for tonight's stream for, you know, what we're doing now. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Great plug. Um, all right. So uh, if you see Zizix out there, go for it. Go uh, go try and kill him, I guess. And um, the more uh, action, especially after, I think, after U.S. primetime, the better. I like when sort of the zerging slowly subsides and you get um, these eight mans that, that split off in Rome. Uh, just like before U.S. Prime, I really enjoyed that a whole lot. Um, Prondor, what are you working on? I've been furiously. I dropped the link in chat. The link's there. It's got my zip file in it with my config settings. So you can literally just extract the .zip, copy in the files to your Dayoc directory, paste them in there, relaunch Dayoc, and it should be up and running. Um, hit me up in uh, Ramix Discord. I've got a channel in there called Prondor Zone. Um, if you run into anything. And we'll see what we can do. It's on an ad hoc basis, obviously. So I got stuff going on, but uh, I like helping people, and and I definitely like helping toasters play Dayok. So toasters for Dayok, I like that. That should be that we should we should replace the lower third here, um, and we should we should we should we should trend that for sure. I would love that. It should be my new bot guild name, toasters for Dayok. Toasters for Dayok, I love it. Um, well, thanks to uh, Pronder and Azizix for joining uh, us tonight. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Um, it's uh, it was sort of a short notice thing that we we put this. We were gonna do a again, gonna do an eight v eight stream, and uh, you know, we just it's it's. I think it's gonna be better to do it next week with the folks. Um, and and Zizix is one of those folks, by the way, that is a um, you know, definitely uh, could be part of that conversation. Uh, but and 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 Pronger too. But I, I would love to, you know, I'd love to have you guys, um, the folks that are watching, come back and uh, partake in that conversation next week. I think that's going to be a really awesome one. Um, okay, so I don't have a whole lot else to talk about. Um, I do want to just mention again, really quickly, the Realm War map. Um, this is something that we've been working on. Um, uh, I give credit to Winter, who's been doing a lot of the back end work for me, doing an amazing job. And we're adding all sorts of new features to this. So this is a a live war map for the game, real time data, um, gives you status of things like Darkness Falls, right, and all of the different BG keeps. Um, it, it tells you what what stuff has been updated. You can see behind me, lights are flashing, right, because um, the hips just uh, hips just took a tower, uh, and you can see claim data. You can get um, there's guild emblems on here. We're still working on some minor bugs, but I'd love to get your feedback. The, the URL to this is ramicoken.com slash map. I will drop it in chat. It'll be in the show notes. I would love to get your feedback on this. Tell me what you think. We're talking, we're, we're thinking about adding layers. Uh, I want to do, uh, I want to add doppelgangers to the map and rubble and boxes. Um, I'd love to add other layers that you can take on and take off uh, for different mob locations and stuff. Um, like, would really love your feedback. Let me know what you think. Again, ramicoken.com slash map. Um, so, uh, and I've got some folks to thank. 
um, our Patreon supporters, um, which I, I literally could not do it without our Patreon supporters um, and our Twitch subs. But patreon.com slash ramicmedia, uh, it really helps us out. It enables me to be able to do all of the stuff that I'm doing, the giveaways, the streams, um, the taking time away from other stuff to do the development work. And I just really quickly want to thank some folks. Uh, Chesser, Siambra, Sticky Note, and Pronder. This guy right back there. Three Beard Crew members. Uh, that is the largest commitment you can make to the channel. Um, and it really, really goes a long way. To Borgio and to Beeb, Nargothron and Shatterdancer for being in the It's Not Over tier. Bellamar, McPherson, and Yoshi for saving the game. And Arcanix, Extraterrestrial, God's Demon, Gravity, Neomatrix, Ollie. Shout Chat, let it all out. Uh, Keed, Veneer, Violin, and Bloodcore for running it out in the winner tier. Thank you guys so, so much. Again, patreon.com slash ramicmedia really could not do any of this, any of this without your support. So thank you guys so, so much. Until next time, be safe, wear a mask. Okay, take care, Thanks. guys. See you later. Bye.